Hello, Fins Nation. Welcome back to another episode of the Fins with Frisch podcast brought to you by Riviera Produce. Look, I am a and, – and, and Riviera Produce has the best fruits and vegetables in the nation. That That's the last positive thing I'm going to say on this podcast this entire time is how Riviera Produce has great fruits and vegetables. Okay, that's it. That's the, that, that's the only organization that I'm going to be praising today besides other NFL organizations – who are not the subject of this podcast, um, because the subject of this podcast is an embarrassment. Um, welcome back. I Before I get into everything, I want to let everyone know it is now Wednesday night, and I recorded a live reaction to the game, which I will, uh, I will give to you guys at the end of the podcast. I'm not going to cut anything out. I know that's what everyone wants. People have been looking for live reactions. I'm a man of the people, even though I despise the people. Okay, all the non-Dolphin fans who listen to the show, like my friends who are fans of every other team, just know from the bottom of my heart, I hate all of you. I do not like one of you. Okay? So all the Dolphins fans that do listen to this, I love you guys. Uh, but people have been asking for live reactions, and I will give that to the people um, at the end. So it's going to be 10 minutes. It has the same like intro. I thought that was going to be the whole podcast, but whatever. Okay, that's going to happen at the end. Um, I'm sick of this team. Like, I, I seriously am. I really don't know wh- what to say anymore. And it's kind of what Jeremy and I were discussing last week, that every time expectations rise for this team, they get worse. Like, they, or they, they don't get worse. They disappoint in greater fashion. Like, the, these last two seasons where we went to the playoffs at 9-8 and eight, and then – like. Last year, we were 11 six. Like these, these are the only two seasons where we've really had a legitimate shot at any point in the season at winning a Super Bowl. And they've ended up being the most disappointing seasons we've ever seen as Dolphin fans. Like, it just gets worse and worse and worse. After the four-game losing streak last year, I, I figured, like, this is as bad as it gets. Like, it doesn't get worse than being 8-3 and three and finishing the season 9-8 and eight and starting a playoff game with Skylar Thompson. Then almost winning and, and losing because of a QB sneak. But no, the Dolphins always find new ways to disappoint, right? Like there's just certain, there's certain people like that. There's certain organizations like that. It's like they, they will like, it, it amazes you the levels they go to disappoint you. And I want to get into the entire team. Like I, I want to get into the ins and outs of this team and, and why we are where we are and what to do about it. Because I've been on Twitter. I've, I've been on Twitter all week. And, and some of the things that's being said are, are just completely ridiculous. From the pro-Tua camp, from, from the anti-Tua camp, from the positive fans, from the negative fans, there's just a bunch of reactions out there, and people are just speaking absolute nonsense. And I want to address it all. And, you know, I don't get joy out of this, and I've said that. And, and, and before we get into everything, like, people have given me feedback on the podcast. They're like, oh, you should do this, you should bring in numbers, you should sound more professional, 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 professional. I've heard that word so many times. You know who's not professional? Tua Tungabailoa. He's not professional. He gets paid money to throw the ball down the field to his own team. And the only time he ever throws the ball downfield, it ends up with the other team. He throws it to the other team. Tyree Kill's not a professional. He is getting paid all this money to catch passes, and he drops passes. Mike McDaniel is paid money to put to coach a good team and, and put a well-coached football team out on the field, and he puts a poorly coached. So all these the, the subject of this podcast 
is an unprofessional organization. It's full of players and coaches who get paid to do a certain job that they don't do. So why am I on a podcast that talks about these professionals who aren't really professionals for free? Why am I going to be professional? I'm furious. This is this is disgusting. That's the word. It's not bad. It's not terrible. It's, it's not disappointing. It is disgusting. Pure disgust is what I'm feeling. I can't even look at these guys. Like, this is the only time in my life where I have felt genuine hatred towards this team. The guys, I, I was in Twitter space the day of the game, and the news is coming out that Raheem Mostert and Jalen Waddle aren't playing with their boo-boos. <laughs> Which is, I mean, we're going to get into that, too. But, but, and the guy starts to space and goes, I hate this team. Like, I, I hate, I hate this team. And I hate that I love this team. Like, my, like, my, like the, the people I had over for the game, like, Jeremy and, and this kid who's a year younger than me in college, um, they're both, they're both from Florida. They're like, at least, at least we're Heat fans. At least we have something. I don't have anything else. I'm a Mets and Knicks fan. Like, the, the Dolphins, as crazy as it is, are the best chance I have to win a championship. I'm a Rangers fan. Like, the, like a, any team I like is terrible. Like the New York Rangers, I, I became like like I'm like oh maybe we'll, we'll get a Stanley Cup. Nope, they lose four one. The only time they were there, the Mets. I'm like oh maybe we'll get a World Series. Nope, they set the tone by giving up a walk off home run to the first batter in the World Series four one. The New everyone's talking about the Knicks are like. Are they, oh, they won five games in a row with OG and Anobi or whatever. Like, <laughs> bro, it's the NBA regular season. Like, winning five games in a row in the NBA regular season is equivalent to if you're on the beach and you're going for a jog, and Usain Bolt is going for a slightly slower jog on his recovery day, and you pass Usain Bolt on the jog, the NBA regular season is equivalent to thinking after you pass Usain Bolt on a jog, you, you could beat an Olympic sprinter in a race. Who cares? Like, I don't, I, I don't have another team that wins championships. So anyway, like, Jeremy was saying, like, yeah, if I didn't like the Heat, I would, like, do art. Like, that, like that's where I'm at. I should just be doing art. I shouldn't be talking about football. I shouldn't be watching football. This is just, I, I, like, I, it is, it's not enjoyable watching this team. Um, It's just not, like, anyway, with all that being said, let's just get into it. Because I, I, I can't even talk about how much I hate this team right now. Um. First things first, and this needs to be addressed because I see everyone is blaming Tua. And I get it's easy. And anyone who knows me knows I've always been a guy that looks at the evidence with Tua. And I said this last week, right? I said that he's whatever. Like in 2021, I wanted him off the team. I wanted him banned from the state of Florida. I wanted a restraining order on the stadium, but he wasn't good. Then this year, I was like, he's the second best quarterback in the league behind Mahomes because no one's ever going to be better than Mahomes. Um and I don't absolve him of blame at all. Okay, I've lost my confidence in him. I don't think he's elite. I don't think we should get rid of him. And and I'll explain why. Because football is a team game. So now that I've got that out of the way, you, you can't say that I'm trying to blame other people to shift the blame off to it. No, Tua was garbage. Okay? He was garbage this past week. I wouldn't say he was garbage against the Ravens. He certainly wasn't good. He was garbage this week. The most important game of his career, he sucked. And he's done that in most of the important games of his career. But you know who else sucked? Tyreek Hill. And you know who really sucked and I want to start talking about? Mike McDaniel. And I said I'm pushing the agenda. Mike McDaniel needs to be fired. Um, he is awful. Like, 
Hey, this guy is such a bad coach, and every person I've argued with on Twitter about this brings up stuff about the offense. Okay, running an offense is what an offensive coordinator, yeah, offensive coordinator does. A head coach runs a football team. A head coach is a leader of men. Mike McDaniel is not a leader of men. And, and, and someone said, "Well, you've got a certain type. You like Flores, and, and like you think you, don't, you think McDaniel's whatever. Like he's a little nerdy, and, and that's why you don't like him." No, 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 I want everyone to understand right now. If we were to bring in a four foot seven guy who could only communicate through sign language, but he put a team out there who would tackle on special teams and they wouldn't get false starts and they wouldn't waste timeouts, and on fourth and one in the playoffs they could line up and execute a QB sneak and they wouldn't manage the clock poorly, they make that guy the head coach. I don't care about McDaniel's personality. I care about the results. And that's all it is. Mike McDaniel is a jokester. That's why everybody loves him. He's like a player's coach. He's a player's coach. He's a jokester. He doesn't take anything seriously. Nothing is serious to this guy, man. Like this this week, people are people are talking about on Twitter. The the reporters like, oh, he finally like lost. He wasn't in his joking mood today. I hope not. Like we're in the middle of the biggest collapse in the NFL this year, and it's noteworthy that this guy isn't in a joking mood. You know, my favorite movie ever is Remember the Titans. And a great line by Julius Campbell, the linebacker, who Jerry Bertier, the captain of the team, is telling him that his attitude sucks. And Julius Campbell tells him he's got some problems the way he's running the team and then says, attitude reflects leadership, captain. Mike McDaniel's a jokester, and the Miami Dolphins are full of jokesters. Christian Wilkins, who I love and is a gamer and balled out this week, is a jokester. Zach Sealer, I mean, Jack, Zach Sealer's not a jokester, but he's not the leader of the team. The leaders of the team are jokesters. Tyreek Hill this week is tweeting about Fortnite maps. Like, this is an unserious football team led by an unserious guy. That's what this is. And the one thing Colin Coward has said that that is that is re- relatively true is it's about owner, GM, coach, and quarterback. I don't have a problem with the owner or the GM because I, I stand by it. Chris Greer got us the best roster in football and the QB everyone wanted. I have a problem with the coach and I have a problem with the quarterback. Mike McDaniel, time and time again, like when you watch this football team every week, False starts, delay of games, can't get lined up right. When was the last time we had three timeouts at the end of the second quarter or at the end of the, or, or, or at halftime? Uh, not at halftime, at the end of the game. Like when we need them. We never do. That's what poorly coached football teams do. We gave up a touchdown on special teams. This stuff doesn't happen. I don't think we've ran a kickback all year or a punt. And in the most crucial moment in the fourth quarter with the, pretty much the season on the line, you give up a punt return for a touchdown? Austin Jackson had false starts. Teron Armstead false starts. In the Eagles game, 4-1, Christian Wilkins was offsides. Uh, we wasted a timeout. What game was it? Because I think we ended up scoring a touchdown anyway. Um, but Tua wasted a timeout. It, it may have been the Cowboys game. It was like a first, it, it was like a third and 20. And we wasted a timeout in one of the big games we played in this season. End of the game or the Titans game, the defensive effort was horrible. So I want to get that out of the way because everyone thinks like about the McDaniel, I'm, I, you know, it's just the offense is the issue. No, 
This is a poorly coached football team. Even when it's good, it's it, we're poorly coached. And Jeremy was talking about this earlier this year. It's never clean with these guys. Turnovers, stupid penalties, things that poorly coached football teams do. And what this team lacks, and a reason they lack discipline, you can do like it's okay to have McDaniel's personality and be like a nerdy guy. That's fine, but you need it. You need an enforcer on the team. This is the most violent game that's televised in this country, right? MMA and boxing aren't games. As far as games that are televised, football is a violent game, and it gets cold, and people are hitting each other. And when you're a team full of jokesters, it doesn't matter how talented you are, you're not going to win at this stage of the season. You need cold-blooded, violent, scary individuals on your team. And we don't have that. I'm serious. Like, look at every team that's winning Super Bowls. Like, the Niners, they haven't won a Super Bowl yet. Trent Williams, but they're in contention every year. Trent Williams is a scary guy. Trent Williams gets in when, when, when there was a brawl this year in the in a Niners game. Brawl between NFL players, like some of the best athletes in the world, right? And Trent Williams comes in, they run away from the guy. The best athletes in the world, football players, are scared of Trent Williams. Chris Jones is a scary guy. Like I, I, I hate to give the Eagles credit. Lane Johnson's a freaking scary guy. These are the, you need guys that it's not all sunshine and rainbows with. Aaron Donald's a scary guy for the Los Angeles Rams. When the Patriots were winning all those Super Bowls, Bill Belichick on Thanksgiving called the guy up and cut him on Thanksgiving. And apparently the guy said, happy Thanksgiving. And Belichick hung up the phone. Now, it's pretty messed up. But he's cold-blooded. Wait, like, where? There's no cold-blooded guy on the Dolphins. All this family togetherness stuff is great. Until you get punched in the mouth. That Now where is it? Javon Holland might not play this week because his knee hurts. Jalen Waddle didn't play because the coach held him out. Or Jalen Waddle felt that he wasn't healthy enough, but he's walking. He, 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 there's a video of him walking in the stadium. He looks just fine. I'm sick of hearing about the injuries. The Ravens lost Keaton Mitchell and Mark Andrew and dropped 56 on us. 56 points. And the side of the ball that's banged up is our defense. Raheem Mostert and Jalen Waddle could have played. Our coach decided not to put him in the game, and our defense did their job. So don't blame them. And about the quarterback, who I will get to, I promise. If Tyreek Hill catches that ball, as Omar Kelly said, we might be having a different conversation. If he catches a slant that hits him in the hands, it's probably a tie game. Or on third and seven when he hits Tyreek Hill in the chest, if he catches it, who knows? And this is the perfect segue, I guess, right into Tyreek Hill. Um, Tyreek Hill had... Tyreek Hill this week is tweeting about Fortnite, and he's talking about, he's making jokes about Twitter GMs. This guy did a backflip last week. People are saying his quad, he's hurt his quad and ankle, he's hurt everything. He scored a touchdown and did a backflip. 
So don't talk to me about Tyree Kill being injured. The leader of this team is tweeting about the best player on the team, tweeting about Fortnite, tweeting tweeting at the fans, um, doing backflips, and then saying he's injured. Doing backflips while injured. Teron Armstead, who is the best lineman on this team and, and, and probably the oldest player who's got big-time playoff experience on the team, um, was talking about playing on the road before the week. They're like, oh, how big is this game? He says, yeah, like, the 2C is super important. But, like, if we got to go on the road, and Mike McDaniel, after the Titans game, was talking about going to play on the road. You got your wish, boys. You got a road game this week. Zero degrees. Feels like below zero. Congratulations. You, 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 you guys spoke it into existence. So we're looking at this team, and we're talking about, you know, how badly we want these guys to win. And, and, and we're talking about... Player X sucks. Player Y sucks. Tua sucks. Xavier Howard sucks. Javon Holland sucks. I've been saying that. Um, you know, the run defense isn't great. We don't have a pass rush. In reality, all the leaders of the team have been talking about going to play a game on the road. And the only way to do that was to choke away the division. So guess what they did? They choked away the division. They spoke it into existence. There's no dogs on the team. There was not one guy that said, I hate the Bills. And I want to smoke them this week. I want to beat the crap out of these guys. Like, if you're looking at Tyreek Hill not performing these big games, where like who's holding these guys accountable? There's no nobody can hold them accountable. Mike McDaniel isn't like a he's not a scary guy. He doesn't have the track record like Belichick has to just say like if you muff a punt, you're going to be cut. If you make mistakes, you're going to be cut. Tyreek Hill can't say anything because people look at him and they're like, well, you don't perform in the big games. Teron Armstead plays half the games and was getting into beef with Barry Cunningham on Twitter. I mean, what are we talking about? Now, as far as the quarterback, look, I had no confidence against the Cowboys or against uh, the Bills this week that he could lead a game-winning drive. And I usually think I have a little bit more hope than the Dolphins fans I'm around. Usually, not always. And after we got the stop on, on fourth and inches... To get us the ball back. I said two is throwing a pick here. And, you know, Jeremy said, he's like, you're silently hoping that, um, you're, you, you silently have more hope than everyone in the room. There's four of us. I told him, no, this game was over when we didn't get the punt return for a touchdown. Um, Tua missed early and obviously he ends up throwing the pick. And, and here's the thing with Tua. People are looking at him, and the, people get so concerned about the big-time throws that he doesn't make. And I'm what I'm saying now is that's not the super – that's not why he's not elite. He can be elite without doing all that stuff. He, it, it's not because he's limited. He, it's because he makes poor decisions. He threw, Like if we end up getting down the field and scoring a touchdown, it didn't have to be some crazy play that he made. Like, it just had to be, you make the right decisions, you get your team in position, you make some good throws. Like, how many, how many times, when Josh Allen makes these crazy throws, it's like, these are huge, these are risky throws that he makes. These are risky plays. You can be a risk-adverse quarterback and be great. That's why Josh Allen has all these turnovers and touchdowns at the same time. The only guy to ever do it, you know, where... He was taking all these risks and, and, and making these crazy plays and avoiding the turnovers was really Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers only had one Super Bowl. And I'm seeing people are saying, bring in Sam Howell. That, someone said that to me today. Sam Howell. 
And I told him, I said, I watched Sam Howell against the Giants at home. He ruined my survivor pool. Well, they're saying, well, what about Kirk Cousins? He's got the it factor. I watched Kirk Cousins on 4th and 10 with the season on the line against the worst franchise in sports last wildcard round. Throw the ball two yards. I'm 4th and 10. And the reason I'm saying all this not to, is not to absolve to a blame. It's to show that this team is not a quarterback away. We've got the same record that the Cleveland Browns had. We're 1-5 and five without Tua. Like, the Bengals have won games without Joe Burrow. The Browns have won games without Deshaun Watson, who was playing terrible anyway. Um, the Niners, I think Purdy's good, but they win games with Purdy. Jared Goff, like, look at the top three seeds in the NFC. Jared Goff, or in order, Brock Purdy, Prescott, Jared Goff. I don't think any of those QBs are better than Tua. Jared Goff's team thought they couldn't win with him and moved on. You know, it's not just about the quarterback. Mike McDaniel, and this going back to him, is terrible at calling plays. He's terrible at game flow. This is the third Buffalo game I've watched in the last, uh, out of the last five or four. Um, four, right? No, 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 five, 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 yeah, yeah. Um, this is the third game that we had control of and Shavon. No, four, right? Sorry. Third game, fifth, we played them five times in, in two years. One of them we won. The next four, three, or two of them were decided by three points. Both those games we should have won. We had leads late in the game. First one, McDaniel abandoned the run. Second one, he tried throwing the ball 20 yards downfield on third and 20 with Skylar Thompson when we had a lead. And the team couldn't get lined up and execute a QB sneak on fourth and inches. Delay a game. Last night, or Sunday night, it was 14-7. to And we were just completely unprepared in week four for that game. But it was 14-7. And his offense scores go 14-7. Get a huge stop before halftime. Jerome Baker makes a big time play. Then out of the half, another big stop. We come out and throw three straight passes. And people are posting like, oh, well, they stacked the box. Bro, like, it doesn't matter. And I was saying 2019, I know it's a different circumstance, but people stacked the box against Derrick Henry. They didn't start having Brian Tannehill chuck the ball every play. Not that two is Tannehill. It's more like you stay with what's working until they stop it. We didn't even try. We came out of half and threw three straight passes, fourth and inches. And I was saying we should go for it. And I said, there's no way this defense is going to get a third stop in a row. We punt. They come right down the field. And Christian Wilkins makes an unbelievable play. How we reward him? One first down, then punt. And then then they return it for touchdown. And I put the special teams on Mike McDaniel. He's the guy. He can fire the special teams coach if he wants to. He oversees every part of the game besides defense. And look, this defensive performance doesn't absolve them from last week's performance. They gave up 56 points. The whole thing's a disaster. The whole team's a disaster. You you, you want to play complimentary football. The Ravens look like they can win the Super Bowl. Why? Because they're playing great on offense and they're playing great on defense. When was the last time you saw that from this team? It's like, oh, the defense has improved. They gave up 56 last week, man. And they forced one punt this week. And I get we're depleted. But, like, you forced one punt. 
Let's stop acting like this was some super masterful performance. It was, uh, it was solid. We just have such low standards. And it's nice of them to show up after giving up 56 last week. And it'd be nice if Tyreek Hill ever shows up this, this, at some point against a good team this season. And as far as the opportunities on this team, um, you know, I've kept perspective. After the Eagles game, I kept perspective. I said, NFC team, it was really about narratives. Everything we want is still in front of us. And then we go two weeks later, lay an egg in Kansas City, and I said, I've lost all confidence in this team. But then Kansas City starts losing, and we end up in a position where we're going to Baltimore to try to get the one seed. Everything we want is in front of us. 56-17. Okay, you can still win the division. Two seed. Lose. And, I, you know, people are talking about this game this week. It's another opportunity. Like, I, I, I just don't see it, man. Yes, there's 2% of me has convinced myself we can win the game. And by kickoff, I will think we're going to win the game. Because that's how it always goes. Being a Dolphins fan is like, if you had like a... Like, like it was jack-in-the-boxes. Like, those thingies. If you were to put like a boxing glove or a fist in the, in the thing instead of a jack-in-the-box, and you could press a button and just punch yourself in the face... That is like having hope in the Miami Dolphins. Every time you have hope, every time there's something in front of them, they never, ever, 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 ever perform. And it's like, when people show you who you are, who they are, when teams show you who they are, believe them. It's like, this team has shown us so many times. And I appreciate the fact that, like, they've given themselves this opportunity by winning 11 games. But, like, look, I, like, what, what confidence can you have in this team that they're going to go into Kansas City and win the game? And I was saying it's good, like it's going to be cold, conditions are going to have a major impact on the game, and that's great because Kansas City is the better team at this point, and they're not, you know, the better team might not win the game. It's going to be the tougher team. But we're the softest team in the league. Javon Holland, most important game of his entire life. This guy dedicated his life to play football. He gets paid millions of dollars to play football. No, knee hurts, not going to play, might not play. Cold. Jalen Waddle will be in the blue tent this Saturday. I have zero doubt. Raheem Mostert last week. Like, like what? Like, you played Kansas City, Buffalo, and um, and Baltimore. Um, you played Kansas City on a neutral site and lost. You played Baltimore in Baltimore and lost by thirty-seven. And you played Buffalo at home and lost. Now your path is beating those three teams on the road. Like that's what we were holding Waddle and Mostert out for. Worst case, oh, we worst case, we just got to play three teams who all beat us by a touchdown or more. Two of them weren't even at home, or in our case, on the road. Worst case, we got to play those three teams on the road. But we'll have Jalen Waddle back. <laughs> we'll have Raheem Mostert back. That'll do the trick. And if it seems like I'm trying to absolve two of criticism, and I've said this before, I just want people to focus on the fact that there's three phases of the game, offense, defense, and special teams. And the defense and special teams, the defense has not screwed us over one week ago. Like last week, we could have won the AFC East also. Defense gave up 56. Okay. So stop, so stop acting like the defense, it's like, oh, the effort they put in, 
They're professional football players. They get paid to do this stuff. I hope they're putting in effort. You think Tua's not putting in effort? Jalen Waddle's actually not putting in effort. Like it's some honorable thing that the guys that are on the field are trying. And I just want people to understand that there are Super Bowl contenders who have the seventh-round quarterback Brock Purdy, um, Dak Prescott, who's not better than Tua, um, Jared Goff, who got replaced by his team because they didn't think they could win a Super Bowl. Lamar Jackson, who, you know, whether it was collusion or not, no one in the league wanted to sign. And there's a lot of people that didn't think Lamar was that good. Like, and, and just on the on the Lamar Jackson point, right? And he's been playing great. We watched him two weeks ago. Dolphins, Ravens. What did Lamar Jackson have? Like, like it's not the Ravens are not only great because of Lamar. They have the best, the number one scoring defensive football. We don't have that. We gave up fifty six that day, and they are they have a great O line and a well coached football team. That's the the difference between the Dolphins and Ravens. Like all we've got are two weapons. One of them posts about Fortnite and and doesn't show up in big games, and the other's been faking injury. Like he, he hasn't been here the last three weeks in the biggest stretch of the season. So what do we have that's better than the Ravens? Like if we switch to and Lamar right now, it would be it would look completely different because it's it's just two completely different systems. Like just take. Two and Lamar out of the equation for one second. The Ravens are so much better. And it's not we don't have the talent that they have. It's we don't have the leadership they have. We don't have the coaching they have. You watch the Dolphins-Ravens game. Rashad Bateman's wide open. No one near him. Zay Flowers is wide open. No one near him. I can turn around and hand off the ball. The Ravens aren't getting stupid penalties. The Ravens are tackling on defense. They're not allowing, like, third and 16. They're not allowing screens go for 20 yards. There weren't guys wide open in the end zone. They're not allowing kicks to be returned to the 15-yard line. It's not just about the quarterback. The Cleveland Browns don't have a quarterback. They have 11 wins in the same conference. In a better division. The Cleveland Browns are in a better division than us and have the same amount of wins with no quarterback. And that's not an indictment on the quarterback. That's an indictment on the rest of the team. It's an, It can be an indictment on the quarterback too. But it, it, the rest of the team has not been elite. They haven't played at the level they're capable of. And we're blaming all the de- – there's all the defensive injuries we have. The Ravens are the most, have probably lost the most on offense all year outside of quarterback. 56 points on our defense. Because in the most important game of the year, Lamar Jackson showed up, John Harbaugh showed up and coached a good game, and then other guys on the team showed up. We don't have that. The only one who's been remotely showing up is Cedric Wilson. And I, you know, Cedric Wilson looks at Tyreek Hill. And and Tyree Kills Tyree Kill's not gonna yell at him if he doesn't catch passes. It's Tyree Kill and Tyree Kill walking out on his teammates is pathetic, man. Especially when you've performed in the biggest stretch of the season. You've been had one one hundred yard game and you've dropped a touchdown in every game. Three drop touchdowns, zero hundred yard games from you. 
So quickly, Tyreek, you're the clown of the week. You're the week 18 clown of the week. You'd have a hard time finding a bigger clown than yourself at a street fair circus or the birthday party of a young child. Um, look, the leadership on this team is poor. Coaching's poor. Team doesn't have a veteran killer. Quarterback sucks. Receiver sucks. And Mike McDaniel's game in-game coaching is awful. The only good thing about him is that he's an offensive coordinator. Like he, it's the offense he runs. And people are talking about, well, it's because two is limited. Like we have a team. We watch our like. This is what I kept saying. The people on Twitter I was arguing with, with all they would talk about is the offense. I'm like, what? What? What does Austin Jackson get having a false start have to do with Tua's limitation? What does wasting a timeout on third and twenty have to do with Tua being limited? What does Skylar Thompson on fourth and one, who's been with the team all year, not being able to line up in under a minute and a half because they or a minute and five seconds because they reset the play clock and run a QB sneak? What does that have to do with 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 Tua being limited? What does calling stupid plays, not running the ball in the red zone all year, what does that have to do with Tua being limited? When it comes to McDaniel's in-game coaching, the way I like to see it is this. Uh, or the way I like to look at it, football is a physical game. And there's certain things that I think should be religion in football. If you get the ball on the one-yard line, you run the ball four times up the middle. If you have fourth and one, run the ball up the middle. And there might be a time where you run a play-action rollout on these plays. You score a touchdown or you run a trick play to the tight end, right? Or, or to the, you know, you have an offensive tackle go out for a pass. And you score a touchdown, it works. But the bottom line is you're trying to win a Super Bowl, right? If you have first and goal on the one and you can't turn around and hand the ball to your running back four times and gain one yard, you're not winning the Super Bowl. So all this creative stuff we do, you got to be able to line up and play football. Mike McDaniel gets way too creative on third and one against the Cowboys, <laughs> pitching the ball backwards out of a pistol. Now you can't go for it on fourth and one because you lost seven yards. And the thing that McDaniel does that's so frustrating is it's like he's he's afraid now for whatever reason. Maybe it's because of his limitations. Maybe he doesn't trust him against good defenses. But he won't have to drop back that much anymore and just throw the ball. It screens. It's all this BS RPOs, which we saw under Flores. And if you do that and you don't have trust to, to throw the ball downfield, you cannot run that pitch play that we've been running. The reason is it's high risk, high reward. You can get a first down out of it, but if you lose six yards, and you will, sometimes you're going to get, they're going to sniff it out, you're going to lose six yards, the drive's over if you won't throw downfield. Like, we can run it against the Broncos because on second and 20, we were confident we could get the first down. But if you're just going to give up on the drive the second you're behind the sticks, you can't do that. You can't pitch the ball eight yards behind the line of scrimmage if you're going to give up on the drive if it's second and 10 or worse. Like, Let's just stop let let's stop putting all the blame on the quarterback. Our coach, time and time again, has proven he can't call a good game. He's gone away he went away from the run against the Bills last year in the regular season, in the playoffs. We, we we couldn't get lined up to run the QB sneak. We waste timeouts, poor clock management, everything. There's so much evidence. What evidence does anybody have outside of he allegedly has maximized the quarterback's potential that Mike McDaniel's a good head coach. 
because a quarterback coach can, can maximize a quarterback's potential. An offensive coordinator could do that. As far as being a head coach, what's one thing he's done well? Got the players to like him? This isn't a popularity contest. It's like my mom would take my, my you know, I, I'd get grounded. I'd be like, I don't like you. She'd be like, well, I'm not here to win a popularity contest. You know, Tony Soprano and the Sopranos, they tell his wife's like, you don't have friends. They're all afraid of you. He's like, well, I'm running a business. You know, I'm not trying to win a popularity contest. All Mike McDaniel has done is have a good offense for the first two months of the year and won a popularity contest with the media. That's all he's done. This man has 20 wins in two years. Brian Flores at 19 with a way worse roster. If you could bring up all the injuries, the roster was still worse with Brian with that, with that Brian Flores had. And that was probably Brian Flores' fault, and I'm not a Brian Flores guy at all. That idiot was running the Wildcat to Miles Gaskin and had Chad Gailey and all these scrubs. But it's like, well, we haven't improved. Throw out the tank here, right? Because you're not going to judge Flores on the tank here. Brian Flores got fired because he only won 19 games in two years. Mike McDaniel's got 20. The way the AFC shook out, we just happened to be in the playoffs. But you think the overall team's better? It's not. The overall team is not better. It just isn't. Like, it's it's obviously not better. The numbers speak for themselves. The record speaks for itself. It's right there. You went from 19 wins to 20 wins. You brought in Tyreek Hill. You, you brought in an offensive genius. You brought in Bradley Chubb. You brought in, um, who else did we bring in? David Long. Teron Armstead. You brought in real running backs. You drafted Devon Ockchain. And all that for one more win? That's all. I mean, I mean, you know, you look around the league, it's like all, all these teams are winning that don't have elite quarterback play. There's not elite. The only elite quarterback in the league right now, solidified elite guy, is Mahomes. And then Lamar. And Lamar's never won. He's never been past the divisional. And even Mahomes this year. Like, they're, they're, they're awful. And we're going to get into that shortly. They're not good. It's a team sport, man. I'm as disappointed in two as any of you. But there's no better quarterback out there. No, we shouldn't go get Gardner Minshew, Kirk Cousins, or Sam Howell. Two is better than eight of the last nine quarterbacks drafted. C.J. Stroud's a stud. And guess what? The team with the first overall pick draft Bryce, drafted Bryce Young. They're screwed. The worst team in the league, their quarterback sucks, and they don't have a first-round pick this year. The Falcons are screwed. The Giants are screwed. The Jets are screwed once Aaron Rodgers leaves. Like, without Rodgers, they were screwed. And then there's a few teams, Browns, Detroit, not great QBD play, but they have great teams. Like, golf's been great, but the Lions are great. Lamar's been great, but the Ravens are great. Like, let's stop acting like, like Lamar's been an absolute stud, but let's stop acting like they don't have the best defense in the league. 
I'm curious to see uh, where the ra- um, where the Ravens rank in total points. I'm sure it's near the top, but it's probably not top in the league. Yeah, they're fourth. They like, we have more points than the Ravens. So everyone's talking about, oh, like, dude, what, what if we had Lamar? We got more points. Our defense is way worse. Our coaching is way worse. I'm not saying choose Lamar is better than Tua. But that's not it. If Lamar came here, he'd be coming to a team with a better offensive weapons. Two of them sitting out in their biggest game of the year. Worst defense, worst coach. That, that that's it. Um, turn the page to Kansas City. Kansas City sucks. They're awful. They finished the season. I honestly don't even know if they won last week. I know they the rest of their starters. Um, they finished their season. I think ten and seven. Right. Maybe they were nine and eight. Whatever it is. Um, they were eleven and six. Jeez. Oh, I guess they won. Okay, they were nine and six, and they won the next two. They're eleven and six. Um, and everyone likes to compare them to the Patriots. And the Patriots never made it past the divisional rounds when they lost six regular season games. And Kansas City lost six before the last two weeks. They were nine and six. Like it wasn't because of the extra game. Um, but. I have no confidence that we're going to show up. Like, I like I really don't think... It, I was saying, like, if Houston plays Kansas City, they're going to beat them. I have no confidence we're going to show up. We've had so many opportunities, and we're just going to find a way to lose it. So it's, we're just one of those teams. There's guys out there. Like John Jones, Tom Brady. Always find a way to win. Always. Tom Brady goes to Tampa Bay Bucks. Brings Rob Gronkowski with him. Like the most poverty franchise in the league, maybe. And wins the Super Bowl. Always finds a way. We always find a way to disappoint. Store, we blow a historic lead to the Titans that... Or we blow a lead in historic fashion to the Titans that if we didn't blow, we would have won the division. 14-7. Bills can't seem to get that second touchdown. We give up a punt return. 95 yards. So whatever it is, it's going to be cold. I, I expect Javon Holland not to play. He doesn't seem interested in playing. It doesn't seem like there's anybody that's really trying to fire up the team. Like, we brought in uh, Justin Houston. He might be the toughest guy on the team already. Not that he's not a tough guy, but, like, Justin Houston might be the guy that's supposed to, like, has to encourage guys to play. Like, Christian Wilkins isn't going to go up to him and say, you're being soft play. No one's going to do that. Um, I think we're going to get one quarter out of Jalen Waddle. It's cold. He's going to get hit. Like, you know. Um, and yeah, all, all these adversity speeches that Mike McDaniel makes, you know, it's great in theory, but, you know, we've had our opportunities all year, right? Buffalo, week four, got smoked. Philadelphia, smoked. Kansas City, we're down 21 nothing and lost. Um... Dallas, we took advantage of, and then we had two chances to w- win the AFC East and l- lost both of them. So now we got a chance to win a playoff game, and-, and I just don't see it at all. 
And it's not, and, and I want to make this very clear. It's not because I think Kansas City's good. I, I, I think Kansas City is really not good. I think we've a, I think we've got more talent even with all the injuries. Like, I, like Kansas City's really just bad. Like, they don't have one good player on it. Like, they, they don't have a skill player who would start on our offense. Besides Mahomes, obviously. And Kelsey. And Kelsey hasn't been good this year. Um, but, you know, I think it bodes well for us if it's a running game that, you know, we've still got Sealer and Wilkins in there and David Long. Those are keys in the run game. Um, and I love the way Brandon Jones is playing. And I, and I was saying this, I like Brandon Jones a lot, even though he's injuring all our players. But I, I just think one way or another, I, I think they're going to do what the Dolphins do. I think we're going to have a lead. I think it's going to be a close game and they're just going to rip our hearts out at the last seconds. You know, you got to look at the old Dolphins, right? Like the old, old Dolphins, not old, old, but like before Tua, it was like, they would always have a lead in like a huge game. I mean, I guess it's the same. It's been uh, not not always huge games though. Like um, like twenty thirteen, all we had to do was beat the terrible Jets. They had like, or actually, I think they were like eight and eight that year. But we were, had a home game against the Jets, who weren't playing for anything. All we had to do was beat them to make the playoffs. We go up seven nothing. Had the ball. Mike Wallace was open in the end zone. Throw him in the end zone. Uh, hit him in the hands. Could have gone up fourteen nothing. Dropped it. Uh, punt. And we didn't score the rest of the game. Lost twenty to seven. Um, the new Dolphins still have that in their blood or in their DNA. Like they'll, they'll, you know, string us along just for most of the Chiefs game, and then they'll find a way to lose at the end. It's what they do. It's it's what they've done all year, and I, I think this it's a shame because this is the most wide open the NFL's ever been. It's not going to be this way. Like Joe Burrow is coming back. Um, you know the Chargers they've got a loaded roster, and you know. May I think I think they've got a ton of talent. It's coaching there. I'm not a big Justin Herbert guy, but you know they might figure it out. I didn't watch Jordan Love this weekend, but apparently he's coming on. Um, you know, it's not going to be this way always. It's not going to be wide open, and you know it's just a shame. That's all it is. It's like we really had the opportunity. I think to to win it all this year, and and they let it get away. Uh, like even the Bills, I I think the Bills are not really good at all. Like the Bills are way worse than they've been. And you know we get handed them the division. Um, this team's got a lot of issues, and yeah, I mean, I, there's a lot I have to say about the future, which you know I'll get into in the uh, finale. Um, unless we win the Super Bowl, then we'll all just be celebrating. But um. In the uh, 100% chance that has um, that has of not happening, uh, the finale will be after we lose in the playoffs, and that's when we'll talk about the future. Um, so, yeah, I mean, very disappointing. I think we're gonna lose this weekend. Um, you know, I've had visions. 19 to 10, Kansas City wins. Uh, for the first time predicting a Dolphin loss uh, this year. And, um, yeah, very disappointed. Um, so next week, maybe the finale, uh, maybe Dolphins shock the world and it's not, but you know, if history is any indicator, which it is, um, this will be the second to last episode and Dolphins are last game of the year will be this Saturday night. So, um, 
yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, nineteen ten Kansas City is the prediction, and um, fins up. Stick around for the uh, bonus, which was my live reaction to the game. Um, I hate to disappoint you guys. I'm not super angry in it. Uh, and fins up. Hello, uh, welcome back. We're gonna do a live reaction because I just had every all three Dolphin fans that I know in existence that I'm. Friends with over, had an electric atmosphere for like two hours, and now they are all going to walk off their misery, uh, but I don't get to walk off the misery because I was the host of this uh, funeral, and obviously, so I'm just, I'm just pacing around right now, freaking miserable. This team is so bad, I don't even understand why us fans of this joke of a team care anymore, like, we should actually, shouldn't watch the games. Shouldn't buy their merchandise. Shouldn't, like, I, I really don't even know what to say. Mike McDaniel's the worst coach in the league. I do not care that the players like him. This guy has no idea what he's doing. Uh, this is the third game against the Bills in the last two years that we had complete control of and started doing stupid things. The game in Buffalo last year in the regular season, we had control. The game in Buffalo in the playoffs, we had the ball, and he tried throwing, like, a 25-yard pass on third and 24 or whatever it was with Skylar Thompson. Then this year, I mean, the fact that we couldn't get the offense going, Tua sucks. I'm not even going to, like, say, there's not even much to say about Tyreek dropping what would have been the game-tying touchdown at the end of the game. It's, you know, I, I've, I, I'm not going to beat a dead horse at this point. And I said the last two weeks I was going to beat the dead horse. There's no point anymore. Like, the guy just is not clutch. He's a loser. Um, cool, he had a couple like great games this year against teams that are looking for quarterbacks in the draft next year. Like the guy, the guy is just not a gamer at all. Uh, this team, this offense specifically has no resilience. Um, like the second Tyreek does something stupid, which it happens every week uh, Tua throws a pick Tua is a freaking like, he's just not a great quarterback is what it is. The guy, um, and I, we don't put him in the best situations, but like, I was saying before the drive, it was going to end up with it to a pick. Uh, he throws jump balls to Tyreek Hill, who's five foot nine. It makes no sense. This defense played great. Like it's, you do, did all you could do. You know, you're down two edge rushers. Van Ginkle gets out. Cameron Good, who's behind those guys, uh, he he gets hurt too. It's you know, when your offense is going three and out, putting up ten second drives, you're, you're just going to wear down as the game goes on, uh, and, and it just goes along with. They're always trying. They're always finding ways to lose. Um, that's what they do. Like it's it's just embarrassing how it's fourteen seven. They can't get anything going offensively, and they return the punt for the touchdown. I feel bad for Christian Wilkins, who always shows up in these games, um, and we never win. We're never on the winning side of them, just because the rest of the team is playing like a bunch of idiots. Um, you know, Al, I said, like, the only way we could win is if Allen plays how he normally does, which is terrible, and he did. He turned it over three times, made a couple great throws that only he could make, but it's just a joke. Like, could have been the two seed, and now the path is um, Kansas City, Baltimore, Buffalo. So maybe we get our first playoff win because the Chiefs are freaking horrible, but I don't think the Bills are good at all either. So, um, you know, it, it is what it is. Our, our head coach is the worst play caller in the league. Um, he's the, he doesn't have any idea what he's doing. It's, uh, ju it's just embarrassing. This team has zero killer instinct at all, 
anytime they get the ball up seven points, they never score unless it's like a unless it's like a four win team. Um, and yeah, those are my thoughts. Where do we go from here? Like maybe you fire the stupid coach that we're not gonna fire him. They're just gonna run it back with the same guys. They're gonna chalk it up to injuries. Maybe McDaniel learns. I'm sure we'll be in the mix next year again, but. Um, I, I really don't know if McDaniel's the guy that's going to bring us a Super Bowl because you, you just, him and Tyreek, they're just not gamers. Like, McDaniel gets a seven-point lead with the ball, freaks out, doesn't know how to get a first down. Um, and then, same with Tyreek. Like, Tyreek, you know, he, he gets a chance to tie the game with a touchdown, hits him in the hands, he drops it. And earlier, I, I actually forgot about the third down earlier in the game before um, the Bills' last offensive drive when he dropped another third down. And then, you know, it's just it's just a mix. You know, Tua and Tyreek, both of them, I, they do not make plays when they need to make them. They feed off each other in pretty much every phase, in, in both where if Tyreek's really got it going, Tua's really got it, will get it going. And then if Tyreek starts to be an idiot, which again he does every week, then Tua starts to be an idiot. And it's not like even just like just using Tyreek. It's like the second Tyreek does something stupid, Tua just throws it um, to a defender in front of Chase Claypool to end the season. And yeah, I I don't really know what to I really don't know what to say about these guys. Like the way they blew the Titans game. It's just a poorly run football team. And all the credit we give to McDaniel, it's, he came in with a way better roster than Flores did. Um, and Flores won nine games and ten games, right? So he went ten, seven, nine, and eight. Flores hated two. And I'm not saying Flores was some great coach, but uh, in Flores' two non-tank years, he won 19 games. McDaniels won 20 games. So I think you got to start thinking about getting a new head coach. It's this whole Mike McDaniel, uh, you know, it's a great story. Everyone loves the guy, whatever. Um, I'm just sick of it, man. Like, there's no excuse for this collapse at all. Um, Whatever happens in Kansas City next week, they're not winning three on the road. They're just, you know, a bunch of heartless, undisciplined guys. Uh, Jalen Waddles walking into the stadium looks totally fine. And Mike McDaniel's like, oh, he can't play. Same with Raheem Mostert. Uh, I, I, you know what? I gotta go look at this freaking play-by-play. Uh, see what happens here. Uh, sorry, give me one sec. So in the second half, we got, I think we got one first down before the last drive, right? So we got one first down. Oh no, we went three and out in the third quarter. So we ran three plays, then fourth quarter, one first down. Uh, we had a, oh no, we didn't have a second and one. That was the, oh yeah, and then the second and one that we should have had to miss Tyreek when he was open. That was a game-changing play. Um, so by the time the Dolphins got the ball back, so the Dolphins got the ball up 14-7, and they got the ball three times. So they got the ball for the first time in the second half, up 14-7. And they had three drives. And 
they got one first down on those three drives. And, yeah, then the last drive ends with the interception. It is what it is. Um, yeah, I think what really sums it up is people, like, we were celebrating um, the pass interference call. And that, that, that really just encapsulates what the Dolphins are. And I'm talking about the pass interference call on the last drive where we're at the 50-yard line, right? And Tyreek Hill could have had a 50-yard touchdown to tie the game, but he drops it. But, you know, something good happens, right? We got a pass interference on the Bills, so we got the ball to 40. That's all these guys are at the end of the day. It's like the pass interference was good. A touchdown would have been great. The Dolphins are good. They're not great. Uh, Mike McDaniel's good. He's not great. Two is good. He's not great. Tyree Kill's good. He's not great. People look back on Tyree Kill's career and say that he was great, but when it came to him being the guy, he he could never step up in the big moments. It is what it is. Um, did he have a hundred yards? Probably not. Um, Eighty-two. Yep. Would have had a hundred yards if he uh, once again could have caught a pass that anyone could have caught. Um, but he couldn't. Um, yeah, we're we're gonna bring Jeremy on shortly. Not much to other to say other than that. That was the full live reaction. I, you know, I, that was it. It was gonna be I the conclusion of the first part, and then I was gonna give you guys the live reaction. But I have to come back. I have to come back and say a couple things. I know I basically ended the episode, uh, but but I'm I'm coming back to the episode. Okay, and, and here's what I have to say. I was on Twitter today. And I saw what I am calling the Tua Files, okay? The two videos that basically point to the fact that Tua Tungavailoa is blind and or illiterate. Now, I'm not going to expand on this right now. Um, I'm not going to expand on this at all until after the season. I know we spoke about the future uh, a little bit on this podcast, but until the season's over, we're going to reserve all judgments from now on, okay? No more judgments until the season's over, uh, which could be this Saturday. Next time I speak to you guys, the season could be over, so we'll see what happens. But I think it was important for me to come on and acknowledge how disturbing the Tua files are, okay? I'm disturbed, and I just want to say there's certain things that happen to you in life or things that you see, and you're like, I wish that never happened, right? Like, I wish I didn't see those two videos. Even though it's an important watch and every Dolphins fan should watch it, I wish I didn't see them. Uh, as far as, you, you know, when I, like when I was a little kid, right, I was like seven or eight years old, and I would always sleep with the closet light on. And one night, I'm like, I'm going to be a big boy, and I'm not going to spe- sleep with the closet light on. And uh, it was pitch black in my room. I was ready to go to bed without the closet light like a big boy at whatever, however old I was, seven or eight. And I had this frog pen, and it would basically make a ribbit frog noise, you know, I don't really know, it, it would make a noise, and, and it was just in my room, and it started going off, I swear, this is a true story, in the dark, the frog pen just started making its noises, and I was terrified of the dark for years after that, I don't even think I slept in, in pitch black until high school after that, so that scarred me for life, or not for life, but like, for, you know, a good, a good portion of time, I, after watching the Tua Files, I am scarred. They are disturbing, but they are a necessary watch for any true Dolphins fan. Um, look, I know I did the conclusion. I gave you the see you next week. Fins up, but uh, next week could be the final episode. I hope it's not. Uh, to those of you who made it through the live reaction, 
Uh, and to the end, I hope you enjoyed. To those of you who have not watched the Tua Files, you definitely should. It is really, 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 um, it really opens your eyes to what Tua is. And um, yeah, that's it. Um, whatever happens, I, I've enjoyed doing this. And uh, we'll, we'll see. Hopefully we get it done. But the prediction, again, 1910 Kansas City. Thank you guys for listening. Um, and... Look, this is the first year, before I sign off, first year since 2008 the Dolphins have a playoff game where they are not double-digit underdogs. And the first time they have a playoff game where they have their starting quarterback. Even if he may be blind and illiterate, uh, based on new evidence, you know, it's exciting. That's something to get excited about. Oh, and, and there's proof that I didn't edit the live reaction because I said Jeremy was going to come on. Jeremy's not going to come on this week. Uh, we couldn't make it work, but uh, he will be back next week, I believe. So um, to those of you who made it to the end, again, love you guys, and uh, thank you for listening. Fins up.